Okie dokie, folks, and welcome back to Monday Night Shaw right here on Love Wrestling. I am Kyle Shaw, a.k.a. The Canadian Goose, and joining me uh, this week is uh, Louise McCormack, who is a ladies boxer uh, from the world of professional boxing, and I think that uh, it's pretty awesome because normally we have wrestlers on here, but uh, today we're going to have somebody from a different combat sport. How are you doing, Louise? Good. How are you? I'm okay. Oh, is it amateur boxing? I'm sorry. <laughs> is there? Uh, uh, let's start right there. What's the difference between amateur boxing and uh, professional boxing? Well, for one, you can't get paid, and um, in amateur boxing, and um, the round lengths are a little bit different. And uh, in professional boxing, you don't wear headgear; you just wear mouth guard. In amateur boxing, they're very um, worried about safety, so you wear headgear and mouth guard and protective gear and all the rest of it. And in amateur, it's only three rounds instead of 12 or 10. Oh, okay. How, how long have you been boxing for? Um, about four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, I, I've heard that you've won some championships and whatnot. Yeah, so I'm a three-time international champion. I've uh, won two West Coast Wonder Woman championships, which are international tournaments in BC. And then I've won um, the Esker All-Female Cup in Ireland as well. Solid. Uh, do you have uh, any um, aspirations to uh, to go professional and, and become a professional boxer? Yeah, I've definitely thought about it. Um, I'd probably want to wait a few more years, build up my pro- portfolio a little bit more, and then hopefully eventually go pro. Yeah. What about uh, have you have you considered uh, like uh, mixed martial arts or anything like that? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. It's a bit more, <laughs> a bit scarier, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. I. Um... Of course, uh, you've been to some. We met at the uh, Lloyd Minister RCW shows, and uh, I'm sure you got a chance to watch uh, Mitch Clark wrestle. And yeah. Mitch Clark, apparently, he's uh, been in the UFC and stuff. And I'll tell you, I had a match with him once, and it was very nerve wracking because I was like, oh, yeah, if I piss this guy off, he could easily just destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. But uh, fortunately, Mitch Clark is uh, one of the uh, most most professional wrestlers I've uh, ever been in the ring with, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about like uh, the differences between uh, boxing and wrestling. So, how how often do you uh, do you have a uh, boxing matches? Um, there's in Alberta and Saskatchewan there is boxing matches every weekend, but most amateur boxers box like maybe once or twice a month. Um, it's really hard, especially as a female, there's not a lot of people in your weight class. And so even though I've been boxing for almost four years, I only have 12 fights because I've gone, weighed in, nobody's in my weight class. Although I know there is some boxers that box every single weekend, 10 months of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that because I, I would have thought with it being, uh, you know, more, I mean, I don't want to say like, you know, I, I, it's hard for me because, like, I don't want to say, oh, wrestling's fake, but, like, we're taking care of each other out there, you know? Like, we're yeah. not trying to injure each other, whereas in boxing, I'm sure you're, you're like, trying to knock the other uh, girl out. Yeah, um, sure. and And getting knocked out every weekend is probably not very good for your brain. <laughs> yeah. and, and knockouts are not as common in amateur boxing, especially not in girls. It's usually, like, the big boys, like the heavyweights. Um, but definitely there's lots of concussions. If you get a concussion, it's a, I believe it's a 30 day suspension or a 60 day suspension, depending on how bad it is. 
Um, but if you get cleared by a doctor at the beginning of weigh-ins, then you're safe to fight basically for as long as you want. Okay. So is, uh, can you talk about that process? Cause that's a little like in professional wrestling, like I kind of just go and wrestle if I want to. And, and my doctor doesn't really have much of a say in it. Um, is that, is, do you have to get like checked over by a, a doctor before every fight? Yeah. So um, once a year you get annual medicals and that clears you just to even be able to put your name into tournaments. And then um, at the weigh-ins, you weigh in and then you get checked by a doctor and they check your um, heart and your blood pressure, um, give you like a little concussion check, and then they have to sign off on you being allowed to enter the ring. And then there's also a ringside doctor, of course. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, do they do like a, uh, like, do, they, do you have to do drug tests or anything like that? Um, at some of the bigger tournaments you do, like at nationals, you would have to do a, um, a drug test. Same with, I mean, obviously the Olympics and Pan Am games, you'd have to do a drug test. Um, smaller club cards, they usually don't do drug tests. I've never been drug tested. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but, um, and uh, what about like, uh, do you guys have like promotion for that? Like, I know that oftentimes I'll be asked to like do a promo and I mean, I'm assuming it's very different. You're not going to stand there with a guy and be like, well, let me tell you something mean gene, you know, like yeah. uh, a little you... bit. Um, most clubs kind of are their own promoters. Um, some clubs will get sponsored. I know lots of clubs are sponsored by like fitness brands, like box raw and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, it's more the club has to sponsor or has to promote themselves, and then okay. sometimes it's televised too. Lots of fights are televised. And uh, do you, as a fighter, have your own uh, sponsors? Not really. Our club has um, quite a few sponsors. Like that's how we stay running, and so I just kind of fall under there. But tournaments and stuff like that, like we pay for you know hotels and food and travel and all that stuff. And then sometimes we'll do a fundraiser for the bigger tournaments. Okay. And do you guys have like uh, opportunities for like, like, for instance, I have uh, my own t-shirts. Uh, do you do you have like uh, your own t-shirts or anything like that? Like, um, do you guys sell like merchandise at the show? Like, hey, during an admission, come and buy my eight by 10 and that yeah, sort of thing? Somewhat like we sell like club t-shirts. It wouldn't really be personalized to the boxers, although I have seen other clubs do that for sure. It just kind of depends, I guess, how big of a name you have. Okay. And uh, um, obviously, like you, you have come out to uh, the uh, wrestling uh, shows. And what about what about the wrestling uh, shows? Is it that attracts you to the show that, that you enjoy coming to watch? Uh, just the crowd, like it's so exciting. And you never know what's going to happen. And just, you know, everybody's super happy and super pumped to see all these people in the ring. And that's with every contact sport. I mean, it's just so exciting all the time when you get there. Yeah. So yeah, do you guys have like, if you're boxing, like, do you get do you get like people bur bur bursting out into like crowd chants and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's so awesome. And that's what I love about the sport is you get absolutely everyone cheering for you. And then even if you lose, you still get people cheering for you. Like they're like, nice fight. People from other clubs, random people's parents will come up to you and be like, that was an awesome fight. Like it's just, it's awesome. Do you guys have like, um, uh, like. I mean, we have heels and baby faces. Is there any like boxers that get like booed or anything like that where it's like, oh, we don't like this person? Is, or is that more of a situation where like if you're boxing in your hometown and they're bringing in somebody from another town, maybe that person's not going to be uh, 
the most well-liked boxer on the show. Yeah, it's definitely more of a hometown thing. Um, I know we've had boxers that have gone to places like Tabor and gotten booed pretty bad. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it, it's as bad as wrestling for booing people, um, but there definitely is a little bit of that. Yeah. Is, is there, is there like specific, uh, like, uh, cities and stuff that are like strongholds for boxing where, you know, okay, I'm going to be wrestling in such and such city and they always have a really hot crowd there. Um, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and it's more like in Lloyd, we're the only boxing club in Lloyd and we put on probably one of the best shows in Western Canada. Like there's usually the crowds packed and lots of people come and get boxers from all over the place. And then there's um, certain clubs in Calgary that also put on an awesome show. And you just know there's going to be tons of people there. You're going to get fights, um, you know, stuff like that. And then there's certain tournaments where you know you're going to get a huge crowd like uh, Golden Gloves or Diamond Belt or Provincials. Okay, solid. Solid. Yeah. Well, I, I, cause I'm, I'm just like so curious about how, like how it works and everything. Cause like, I know for me, if they, if somebody wants me to wrestle, they generally get a hold of me and they say, Hey, we're having matches on this such and such day. Are you available? And then you either say yes, or you say no. And, and then you, you, you arrange to get to the show and, and go. And is it, is it very similar in, in amateur boxing? Yeah, for sure. You get Um, contacted by promoters and stuff? Yeah, kind of. So for tournaments, most tournaments, you don't even have to enter your name before you go. You just show up and weigh in. And if somebody's in your weight class, you get a fight. Um, Oh, okay. Whereas club cards um, that like specific boxing clubs will put on themselves, um, it's usually the coach calling around saying like, hey, I have a 14-year-old boy who's at 66 kilos. Do you have somebody in that weight class? And then there's different um, experience levels too. So what you have to like kind of factor in everything to find fights. Okay. So do they have different divisions for like experience levels as well? So like not yeah. only are you showing up and you're either like, I don't know what the weight classes are divided into, um, but like if somebody else is in your weight class, but they have like 10 more years of boxing experience, is it just like a situation where you're like, oh, maybe – it's best if I don't fight this person. Yeah, for sure. So there is um, zero to 10 fights is novice. And then, so you can only fight people with zero to 10 fights. Sometimes like if you have nine fights, you can fight somebody with like 11 or 12 fights and the refs will usually let that, that go. Cause it's not too bad. And then um, anything 10 plus fights, you're open class. So you could fight, you could have 11 fights and fight somebody with 300 fights. So oh, wow. um, to open class, it's pretty crazy. And then, so you have to find somebody in your experience level. You have to find somebody within two years of your age until you turn 18. And then when you turn 18, you can fight up to 40. And then you also have to find somebody your weight. And it's um, 2.2 kilos. So it's like six and a half pounds that you have to be within the weight of somebody else. So it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty narrow window. Is it divided into like, like I know in, in UFC, they have like heavyweights and cruiserweights and, and junior heavyweights and like featherweights. Is it like, is that the, how it's divided into boxing as well? Yep. Yeah, exactly like that. Oh, okay. Solid. Um, uh, This is all really, uh, really interesting stuff. Um, So you've had 12, 12 fights um, have, and you said that you have showed up at tournaments and they just didn't have anything for you. Is that like, that's, it's a, it's a bit more common in girls for that to happen, you know, 
Um, like my very first tournament, we drove all the way to Calgary and I waited and there was nobody in my weight class. So it's really disappointing. Um, and it, they try to make it not happen. Like our coaches will try and call ahead and just be like, Hey, like, do you know if there's any other girls in this weight class going? Um, but it still does happen for boys. I know, um, like a bunch of the boys at our club, they will show up at every single tournament they'll weigh in and they'll always get a fight just cause they're in a common weight class. Okay. Um, and I, I'm another thing I'm curious about is, uh, like, uh, do you have to foot the bill for your travel to uh, Calgary, or is that something the the club will pay for for you just because you're not going to make any money as an amateur? Um, we usually have to pay unless we have a sponsorship for a tournament, um, like unless our club has fundraised to send us to a tournament. Okay, and yeah. is that something you personally like get involved in? Like, do you? Do you have to, uh, I, I don't know what, what that would entail, to be honest, like what kind of, what kind of fundraising sort of stuff do you guys do? Um, we usually do like, I mean, we sell the beef jerky and fudge. We do those, um, steak nights, bottle drives, um, lots of businesses in town will actually just give us donations, which is awesome. But yeah, it's usually a lot of hard work to do the fundraising too. Yeah. Have you ever done any like uh, wrestling slash boxing cards where there's like matches of, from both the uh, sports? No wrestling, but I know that there's a um, it's a pro card in Saskatoon with amateur boxing, but professional MMA. And it's really oh, okay. awesome to do it every year. Yeah. And that's oh. kind of the only one where you see a crossover. And do you have like the opportunity to kind of establish like your, your character, like, um, you know, like uh, in UFC, they had like Ronda Rousey and she was like rowdy Ronda Rousey and like in wrestling, obviously like I'm the Canadian goose, like this is not my real name, but uh, like, um, do you, do you have like nicknames and personas and stuff like that? A little bit. Some people do for the most part, you don't really hear that kind of thing um in like the tournament i went to in bc the all-female tournament there's a few with nicknames but for the most part you just kind of stick to your name and you just go in okay yeah. so so are those people kind of looked at like okay yeah we, we know you think you're hot you're you're hot shit over there with your you know the crusher or whatever your nickname is like is it like looked down upon by the other uh, fighters Sometimes, because sometimes you'll see like a 15 year old boy who's never boxed before and he gives himself a nickname and then he gets absolutely whooped. So then <laughs> you kind of laugh at those ones. But for the most part, no, you just kind of, you know, that's what gets them in their mindset to box. And if that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. Uh, that's fantastic. I know that my, my brother and my stepfather went to like a, uh, I think it was like um, some low level MMA card or something one time. And they, they told me a story about how this one guy had druids and like, almost like the undertaker's entrance right and then he got in the ring got completely smoked oh yeah that's <laughs> i mean you feel bad but it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah it i mean i i feel bad for the for those guys because like it, a lot of work had has to go into that and then like uh you know and then then of course they're they're stoked to be there and doing it right and the people are you know generally going to cheer for that sort of thing but then you you get out there and you just get completely walloped yeah and that's got to be disheartening uh um ha have you uh, had any uh like experiences where you got uh, walloped pretty badly during matches 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one fight. The girl, I had more fights than her, but uh, and she was a bit older, weighed a lot more than me. And um, I didn't know. We didn't know that her dad owned the boxing club. So even though she hadn't had fights, she had been in the boxing community and boxing since she was like a little kid. Okay. And so I got I got pre- be pretty bad on that one. They stopped it in the first round, which I mean sucked and it's hard on your EO, but you just kind of have to take it and then go back and train even harder. Yeah, I'm well, I mean it's probably better that they they stop the fight than just let you continuously get, you know, beat yeah. up because like you probably wanted to come back and and box again as soon as possible, which is okay. going to be less likely if you have a concussion. Yeah, and well, I was I think I was 15 or 16 too, so they always look at like if you're young, they don't want you to get hurt too bad, especially if you're a girl. I mean, lots of fights get stopped as soon as you get a bloody nose. Oh, so really? They, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they, 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 like you said, they, everybody has headgear and stuff that doesn't uh, protect your nose at all. No. Um, so the headgear, it's like foam on your forehead and then from your ears back, but there's nothing like right on your face. And I mean, once you've been punched, once you get a bloody nose fighting, I mean, you, you get them all the time. I know there's boys at the club who sneeze and they get a bloody nose and that's, it's just how it is. But yeah. That's, that's rough. Um, and as is like, is there anything that's like illegal in, in boxing? Like, are you not allowed to punch people in certain areas of the body and stuff? Oh yeah. Like you're not allowed to do a low blow. So, um, our boxing shorts, I don't know if you've seen, but they have, uh, like white around the waist. So anything okay. below that is a low blow. You'll get called on it. Especially if you're fighting a guy, you'll get called on that. And then, um, you're not allowed to smack. So you can't have your palm hit somebody in the head. That's called a, a slap. And they'll call you on that too. It has to be your knuckles that hit them. Oh, so there's, okay. you know, certain technique things that they teach you. I mean, when you're throwing hooks, your palm has to be down and you have to hit them with your knuckles. Otherwise you'll get called on it. And then um, you're not allowed to hit in the back of the head. And then your number one rule when you're in the ring is protect yourself. So you, as soon as you look down, like if you're doing a slip or a roll and you look down, the ref will call you on that too. Cause you're not paying attention and you're not protecting yourself. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, that's a like that's a wrestling thing too. Is like you have to protect yourself. The referee's not going to call you on it if you don't, but your opponent might take advantage of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and and of course, like it's just one of those things you you learn after a little while is just always put your hands up if you've got a chair coming your way or whatever. You know. Um, I, I don't suppose that that's really an issue in boxing. Uh, not a lot of chair shots going on. <laughs> yeah. What got you? Uh, what got you interested in boxing in the first place? Um, I don't know. I always wanted to box, and there was no boxing club around here. We live on a farm about an hour away, like my parents do. So my mom stuck me in ballet when I was little, and then I was when I was like around thirteen or fourteen. There was a boxing club that opened up in town, and she's like, "Do you want to try it?" And so I did, and she thought I'd quit after the first class. Cause you know, you go in and it's a bunch of dudes and they're tattooed and they're hitting stuff. And like, that's not a place for a little girl. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, after I did my first class, I was like, mom, mom, I want to go back. And I went back. So then she let me spar, but I definitely would never compete. Wasn't allowed to compete. And then after I started sparring, I guess I, she was like, I guess you can compete. And then I lost my first fight. So she was kind of, you know, not disappointed, but kind of happy. Cause she thought that would be the end of it. But it just made me want to do it more. So I kind of just stuck with it. And she, I know she, at my fight, she has her eyes closed. You know, she's scared of me getting hurt. But, yeah. And how 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 old are you now? I'm almost 19. Oh, okay. So you're very young. I didn't know you were that young. Yeah. Uh, 
um did you did you like watch like boxing movies like rocky or like million dollar baby or any raging bull or anything like that yeah that probably is what made me want to do it (laughs) yeah some of those rocky movies are fantastic i i absolutely love those movies um uh when you uh when you came to the uh the wrestling show and whatnot and uh did that give you any like desire to like try your hand at professional wrestling? Um, kind of, I guess. Like it looked interesting. I don't think it'd be for me. I mean, it looks like you guys get hurt a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was definitely very cool to watch and like, you know, I can see how people would love to do it. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun and it does it does hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh it's definitely one of those things where you know, you have to you have to be kind of uh, grit your teeth and and just power through some stuff sometimes. Uh, I actually, I have a a torn ACL right now, which has been real rough, Uh, especially sometimes it it gets tweaked and then you you can't walk for like a week. And it's like, oh, you can't walk, so you pretty much can't wrestle either. But, um, you know, like that's just, it is what it is. And uh, we just keep on uh, going as hard as we can until we can't. And uh, yeah. Um, I'm uh, yeah. If you ever do uh, have any inclination to try it out, like I know that uh, top talent wrestling Academy and uh, clandestine society uh, wrestling Academy, those are the two places where I go to train to wrestle. And uh, they oftentimes will do like weekend mini camps. So you can come and check it out, take some bumps and run some ropes and and that stuff. Um, what is the, what does the training consist of for, for amateur boxing? Like how often do you go down to the, the boxing gym and get in the ring with people? And, and I, I don't know, in wrestling, we roll around. Yeah. Um, um well, we, we just had a break for summer, but during, um, training season practice, our club has practice four days a week. If you want to compete, you have to come a minimum of two days a week. And then, of course, work out on your own. And then we usually spar every day after practice. And um, sometimes, you know, you don't feel like it, so you don't do it. But most of the time you stay and you go, you know, four or five rounds with anybody. And then uh, lots of training on your own, too. Like, I run three times a week, and then I do sprints twice a week, and then weights, too. So you got to do lots and lots of training. Yeah, I I would imagine that it's it's a very uh, – you know, the the better shape you're in, the better your odds are going to be to to win and not sustain injuries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you're uh, training and whatnot and uh, that sort of thing, are you training uh, with other women or are you just training? Like, because you said that you sometimes fight guys too. Do you have do you have like fights on tournaments against uh, guys? No, um, we just like we spar guys. So like just for practice. Um, if you have a fight, it has to be against another girl, but we'll just do sparring. Um, mostly like we used to have a bigger women's club team. Like there's more girls in the club, but you know, they've gone to school or done other other things. So it's, you know, there's lots of guys, but there is a few other competitive girls too, which is awesome. Was there, uh, was there a lot of, uh, issues during the COVID and stuff when you're, did you get shut down and you have to like what would what was your training regimen like during that like did you just because like you said you lived on a farm do you do you just do laps at the farm and yeah pretty much you just kind of do what you can um 
and it, it sucked too because well there's no tournaments for about a year and a half so no competition so a lot of kids lost their motivation to do anything um but we'd it seemed like the restrictions would ease off we'd go back to practice for a month and then they shut everything down for another month so yeah. you kind of, we just you know trained on our own shadow boxed at home that kind of thing um i was lucky enough that our coach um would sometimes like let us in as long as we were alone and we sanitized everything after because mm-hmm. like, i'm pretty close with the coach so we just i'd go by myself occasionally but then you have to sanitize everything which of course is kind of annoying but we just did as much as we could did you ever have to do uh like no fans fight like tournaments where there was no spectators and stuff yeah um i never competed in any but there was i believe like um saskatchewan did one or two cards where it was no fans and then um even until like june they had to the refs and everything had to wear masks in the ring and they had to wear gloves the competitors didn't obviously but um yeah there's still some pretty heavy restrictions yeah, I know that uh, for us, we had um, like we had some no fans cards and stuff, and especially for you know me, the the Canadian goose who heavily relies on honking and oh, yeah. either either encouraging uh, crowd noise or antagonizing the crowd so that they'll they'll boo me. Uh, like wrestling with no fans was a mind trip, and it was very difficult. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like, cause like it takes away like half my shtick, right? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to clothesline the guy a couple of times and then go, "Yeah, come on, people!" when there's no people there, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it was really hard on a lot of clubs because um, if you host a club card or a club tournament, that's kind of your fundraiser, right? Like, that's you sell tickets, and then that's kind of what keeps your club going. And uh, so, if you can't have any fans, you can't sell any tickets, you know. So it was really hard on a lot of clubs. Oh, I, I, that's a that's that's um, wild to me that they sell tickets, but you guys aren't allowed to t- to get paid. Um, yeah, I mean, how how is it that you do have to pay like dues to uh, work out at these clubs and stuff? Yeah, um, it's not very much a month. I think my fees are fifty dollars a month or sixty dollars a month, and that's like basically unlimited training because I'll do one-on-ones with the coaches too um but to rent a space in Lloyd it's really expensive and then they got to buy equipment and then like the coaches you know they got to pay to go to these things and there is usually a tournament fee as well for everybody okay yeah oh well I I mean that's wild to me because like uh, I mean I feel fortunate because like yes I have to pay like I said I I train at the two wrestling schools and I, I do have like a monthly fee that I uh, pay each one of them and whatnot. But also like when I go and I wrestle at the show, at the end of the show, the promoter generally counts up how much money he made off the ticket sales and stuff. And then that gets kind of divided up to cover a, the cost of putting on the show. And then everything else is sort of divvied up amongst the wrestlers. So like you, you always do leave with a little bit of money or at least you, you're supposed to. And <laughs> if you don't, then you can raise a stink and be like, whoa, whoa like, what are you doing? Like, we're supposed to get paid here, you know? Um, th- that That's just wild to me that you, they don't have any form of, like, compensation for you guys. Yeah, not really. Um, we win. If you win a fight, you get, you know, a belt or some kind of prize, but that's that's basically it. 
and then can can those can that open up doors for you to to get like uh sponsorship deals and stuff like personally oh yeah for sure i mean like the more you fight the more you're recognized and the more you win the more somebody would like to sponsor you um yeah okay yeah that makes sense um yeah, just because I was wondering, like, if you put all this money into it, like, what is your ultimate, uh, like, goal? Like, what are you looking to to get out of uh, your career in boxing? Um, I'd like to be on the national team. So that, you know, that's kind of a longer process. Um, you have to win provincials and then you have to go to nationals. And for me, that's hard because there's no one in my weight class for provincials in Saskatchewan. And then there hasn't been nationals for two years because of COVID. So... Is there like regional differences between like uh, boxing in Saskatchewan or boxing in British Columbia? Like, is there different rules or anything like that? Or is it all sort of unified? Um, like a little bit, but it all falls under boxing Canada. Um, and then you can kind of notice like wherever you go, some ref refs like have preferences but it's not like they are supposed to all follow the same rules, but you can kind of, you know, there is a difference between like a BC ref compared to a Saskatchewan ref. And it's not huge, but as a boxer, you can definitely kind of notice it a little bit. Okay. And then is there, is there like referees that you're like, Oh, I, I really like this guy to ref the match tonight because he's like a really good referee. And then there's other referees where you're like, Oh, this, this guy's kind of a greenhorn and not, yeah. I'm not sure if I want him in the ring with us. Yeah, for sure. And there's been, I've seen refs over the years that it's not a matter of like, oh, I don't like them. It's like, if I'm getting hurt, I don't trust them to like, stop the fight. Because if you're getting, you know, the crap beat out of you, you're supposed to have the ref stop the fight. Um, but there's some that just aren't brave enough, aren't big enough, um, don't know boxing well enough to even like know to stop the fight. So it's, you know, you don't want to get in the ring because you don't feel safe. Yeah. Are you do, like, do you have the like, are you allowed to tap out or, or like? Yeah, yeah. Like your coach can throw in the white towel just like they do in the movies. And then um, if you're a boxer and you you can you can kind of say, like you can wave your hands up or you can say, like, I'm done or you can take a knee. Like there is ways for you to stop it yourself too. It's just at the same time, most boxers have such an ego that they wouldn't stop yeah, it. Yeah, it's a pride thing. Yeah. I hear you for sure. I mean – there's definitely been times where I've gotten hurt in matches and it's like, we're just going to finish the match, you know, like uh, I actually, I, I had one um, with uh, um, heavy metal and he's, he's a, such a pro, right. And definitely first and foremost uh, wants to take care of you in the ring. Um, but we had a match and just like right off the bat, I took a bad shoulder tackle and walloped the back of my head into the thing and like afterwards, after the match, I was like, oh, metal, I'm so sorry that we only wrestled for like two minutes. And he was like, no, we wrestled for like nine, ten minutes and you did everything I asked you to do. You did a good job. And and, and yeah, he kept me safe throughout it. I sent me the video and I was like, uh, just like you know, like you just kind of have to push through, right? Like obviously if you can't walk or you can't breathe or you can't like – there are situations where ma I have seen matches stopped um, in, in pro wrestling, even like uh, I was just talking about uh, metal. I saw him one time he got uh, kicked in the head right off the bat off a match and they had to stop the match. Cause he just, he, what he wasn't clear enough to go. Right. Yeah. Like, 
and uh, it's always a scary situation. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, it, is there like a camaraderie among amongst the boxers, uh, like um, at the shows? Because like I, like I'm not trying to kill the magic, but I'm friends with most of the other wrestlers that I wrestle, even the guys that like kick my ass all the time. Like we're we're, we're buddies, and we'll we'll go to the shows together, and you know we to, you know talk smack about other wrestlers while we're on the way to the shows, and you know complain about different promoters, and you know talk about everybody's. We just, you know, there's a lot of gossip on the road trips and stuff is what I'm trying to say. Um, but is, is it like that for, for the amateur boxing as well? Yeah, for sure. Like within our own clubs, like, I mean, the people I box with at my club in Lloydminster, they're my family for sure. Like they're my closest friends. We hang out all the time. And then when we go to tournaments and we see other clubs, like everybody knows each other. I mean, there's been people, our coach has been boxing since he was like six. So he knows everybody in boxing. And then you see the other coaches and they're all, you know, everybody wants to make the sport more of a community. They want to make it safe. They're all kind of working towards the same thing. Um, of course, like for me personally, when I go into the ring with somebody before the fight, I don't want to talk to them. Um, after I'll talk to them for sure. But like before, you know, you got to get in your headspace. And then after everybody's friends, you know, everybody's hanging out. Lots of the guys will go for beers together after. Like it's, you know, it's definitely a sense of community. Okay. Uh, do they have like, uh, like if you were to go out there with another uh, uh, boxer and you guys had a match and whatnot, like would would that person come back with with you afterwards and and sort of sit you down and be like, okay, here's some stuff you could have done a little better, or here's some here's some tips for you. Um, was there anything that I could have done? Like, obviously, you're not going to be like, hey, I didn't stiff you on that, sh uh, you know, headshot, did I? Because like. You, you you're intending to <laughs> but um, not so much but definitely like after fights you always you know um when you're in the ring when you're still in the ring right after the fight you go to the other person's corner and you thank their coach that's like the very first thing you do you know you say thank you for this opportunity like thanks for you know letting me box and then you thank your opponent always and then sometimes like you know after the fight after you're out of the ring then you'll go and you'll talk um, you usually don't give them pointers because there's a good chance you can fight them again. <laughs> um, but, you know, you say, like, good job, you know. And, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, that that seems, uh, like, fairly similar to, to wrestling. Like, a lot of times we will uh, we will give each other uh, – we will give each other pointers um, if, 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 so, if so desired. But also, like, you know, I'm obviously not going to give pointers to people that have way more experience than I do, right? Like – but there, there is like an etiquette, you know, like there's a backstage locker room etiquette. Like you, when you get to the show, you shake hands with everybody and you say hello to everyone. And if there's anyone there that you don't know, you introduce yourself. And then, yeah, after a match, you always, you always thank your opponent for the match and, and whatnot. And yeah. unless something goes horribly awry and you're, you're very angry, <laughs> but yeah. That doesn't seem to happen uh, very often, and then usually, if it does, the the person that that caused the going awry is is apologetic because you know nobody wants to be seen as as like dangerous or or yeah as the bad guy unless like even if they're trying to be the bad guy like there's times when you'll take it like a little too far and you know that that sort of stuff but um, yeah. there's you know, just such mutual respect too like I mean I know how hard you have to work 
to get in the ring and how nerve wracking that is. And if somebody else is willing to do it, you know, you just say good job. It's just about respect too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. And um, I know that like, for me, like I was talking about earlier, like when you're, you're getting hit and stuff, like I know that like a lot of people, like, like even me from myself, when I first started wrestling, like I was afraid to get hit and whatnot. And now I'm just kind of like, well, whatever, I'll, I'll live, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of the mindset I've adopted. Um, like I, I wrestled Colton Kelly. Uh, he was another wrestler and we wrestled in Calgary a few months ago and he gave me a spin kick and I, I put my hands here to protect my, my chest. Cause I thought the, the, the kick was going to hit my chest and it hit me here in the face. <laughs> so my nose started bleeding. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're in the heat of the moment. There's a lot of uh, like adrenaline going on and the referee comes over and he's like, Hey goose to pinch your nose and tip your head back. You've got to like, your nose is bleeding. And I was like, no, I'm going to wipe this blood all over my face. So I look like a psycho, <laughs> like, you know, it's a happy accident. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not down and out or, or I don't have to go to the hospital over this. It's just a bloody nose, like a big deal. Like, uh, do you do, is that kind of like the mindset you would adopt in like in boxing when you get like smacked around a bit? Like, yeah. just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Uh, like, do you, do you feel more confident? Like if you got in a fight on the street or something that you could handle yourself? Like, Oh yeah, for sure. And then when you're in the ring too, a lot of the times, you know, you're in the ring and it doesn't feel real for the first few seconds. And then as soon as you get hit, then you're then you're mad, you know, then you're ready to fight. So it kind of like pushes you to hit them back for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely there's I can relate to that, too, because there's um, there's some uh, strikes and stuff in, in wrestling that we do, like the uh, chest chops and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Those suck really yeah. bad. Like they, they fucking hurt. <laughs> um so, but I like to, I like to have the guy like chop me a couple of times and, and like wake me up and get me into it. Like, you know, cause like you take that and you're like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> now I don't have to feel so squeamish about maybe popping you one, you know, like, sure. uh, the, yeah, it's, um, definitely. Um, this has been a, a pretty cool, like little conversation we've had here. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, no. Uh, do you have what else? What else do you do besides uh, boxing? Um, well, I'm a student. I'm taking my bachelor's of arts in psychology and also my bachelor's of arts in history. And then um, I also work part time as a waitress, so I'm kind of busy. And then I also have my level one coaching, so I'll sometimes help out coach certain classes. Um, last year, I want, uh, ran my own women's class in the mornings, so I'm I'm busy. <laughs> do all oh, kinds okay. of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, like, are you, what are you, uh, what are you hoping to, uh, like, what kind of career are you hoping to obtain after you've uh, graduated college and whatnot? Um, I'm going to go into law after I'd like to be a prosecutor. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you beat the guys up too. <laughs> yeah. The ring's good practice. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, um, uh, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can, uh, where they can follow you and whatnot. And, uh, do you have any, do you have any tournaments or fights that are, uh, on the horizon? I'm hoping to get fights at the, um, Saskatchewan silver gloves, October 8th and 9th. Um, but I just have to find if there's anybody in my weight class and then hopefully there is. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And then uh, where can where can people follow you on the social medias and whatnot? Um, my Instagram is Louise underscore McCormick one two. Okay, solid. And then, yeah, and then you can follow our boxing club. Our boxing club's Instagram is just Lloydminster Boxing Club. Pretty easy to find. Awesome possum, and uh, uh, yeah, um, I I would uh, recommend anyone go check it out because like if you if you enjoy professional wrestling, you probably enjoy seeing people fight, and uh, yeah, um, I think that uh, that that's wonderful that you uh, came on, and I want to thank you again for coming out to the to the wrestling shows in Lloyd Minister that we've had. They I've I've thought those Lloyd Minister shows have all been really fun. Like the crowds there are are they're into it. Like I don't think they get a lot of wrestling going on in Lloyd Minister. I think it happens. Was like like I've watched a little bit of wrestling. I'm not super super huge into wrestling, but we saw it on. Um, Facebook, like the ads going around. I was like, mom, do you want to go watch wrestling? And she was like, yeah. And it was awesome. Like, I'm so glad we went. It was just awesome seeing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a ton of fun, uh, um, all three times I've been there. And like, even, uh, I actually did, was in an intergender match. Uh, one of the times I was there, uh, it was me and TJ cannon against, uh, the Viking Lord Vince Austin and, uh, Samantha slides. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was, it, it was an interesting match for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna call this now and, uh, I just want to say thank you very much for, uh, coming on the podcast and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll, you'll make the national team there and, uh, we'll, we'll hear uh, about some big things happening for you soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was just awesome. Yeah, no problem. I, I really appreciate having you on. Um, with that said, I am uh, Kyle Shaw, a.k.a. The Canadian Goose, and uh, this has been L- Louise McCormack, and uh, we are here on Live rest- L- uh, Love Wrestling, and I will be back in uh, two weeks for another episode. Awesome. Okay. <laughs>